Best friendhood. Best friend. 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 You're my best friend. You're my best friend. Best friendhood. And I'm Melissa. And Jake is still Jake, but not here. And that's perfectly okay. We've done this before not that long ago. So <laughs> it's my turn to read you for filth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys get it. Life has been wild. And so uh, taking a impromptu week yet again. And we are always so grateful for the grace that you give us to just kind of <laughs> fly by the seat of our pants and and still show up, you know, how, how we are able to and when we're able to. So thank you for, you know, tuning in like you always do and for helping to support us and, and be our friends all throughout this interesting time and agenda called life. So anyway, Jacob let me borrow that beautiful book that he was reading through last time called The Norton Book of Friendship. And it is just a lovely collection of stuff about friendship and whatnot. Most of them are pretty old timey. So if I mispronounce some words, please know that, yes, I'm a smart lady, but I don't know all of the things, but I do certainly know some of the things. And reading through some of these uh, books and poems and letters and short stories, the one thing that I've really enjoyed learning about is the gravity and the steadfastness of friendship. And how through our entire existence as humans, it's something that we have always leaned on and something that has brought so much beauty and joy and connection to this existence. So I've picked out, well, we'll see how how it goes, but I've picked out four and I don't know if they're all going to stay in or not, but I suppose we won't know until I'm done. So let's... Let's just get started. This first one that I found is from W.H. Auden for friends only, specifically for John and Tecla Clark. Ours, yet not ours, being set apart as a shrine to friendship, empty and silent most of the year, this room awaits from you what you alone as visitor can bring, a weekend of personal life. In a house backed by orderly woods, facing a tractored sugar beet country, your working hosts engaged to their stint. You are unlikely to encounter dragons or romance. Were drama a craving, you would not have come. Books we do have for almost any literate mood. And notepaper, envelopes. For a writing one to borrow stamps is a mark of ill breeding. Between lunch and tea, perhaps a drive after dinner. Music or gossip. Should you have troubles... Pets will die, lovers are always behaving badly, and confession helps. We will hear it, examine, and give our counsel. If to mention them hurts too much, we shall not be nosy. Easy at first, the language of friendship is, as we soon discover, very difficult to speak well. A tongue with no cognates, no resemblance, to the gallimaches of nursery and bedroom, court rhyme, or shepherd's prose. And unless often spoken, soon goes rusty. Distance and duties divide us, but absence will not seem an evil. If it make our re-meeting a real occasion, come when you can. Your room will be ready. In Tum Tum's reign, 
a tin of biscuits on the bedside table provided. For nocturnal munching, now weapons have changed, and the fashion in appetites there for sunbathers who count their calories, a bottle of mineral water. Felicissima not, you may fall at once into a cordial dream assured that whoever slept in this bed before was also someone we like, that within the circle of our affection, also, you have no double. I did say I don't know all the words, so there's a few in there. Don't Google me. I like that one because it makes me think of my home and how much I love to have dear friends come and be in it with me and especially feel comfortable in staying. Ugh, there is such joy to me in hosting friends. We're going to do next one by Adrian Rich. It's actually, this one's a bit of a downer, but I love how honest it is. So this is a letter between Paula Becker to Clara Westoff. They were actually born just two years apart and became friends at an artist's colony near Germany and then spent half a year together in Paris. And Paula, who wrote this letter, actually died in childbirth after murmuring, what a pity. <laughs> oh my God. Ah, so this is a letter from one friend to another. The autumn feels slowed down. Summer still holds on here. Even the light seems to last longer than it should. Or maybe I'm using it to the thin edge. The moon rolls in the air. I didn't want this child. You're the only one I've told. I want a child maybe, someday, but not now. Otto has a calm, complacent way of following me with his eyes as if to say, Soon you'll have your hands full. And yes, I will. This child will be mine and not his. The failures, if I fail, will be all mine. We're not good, Clara, at learning to prevent these things. And once we have a child, it is ours. But lately I feel beyond Otto or anyone. I know now the kind of work I have to do. It takes such energy. I have the feeling I'm moving somewhere, patiently, impatiently. In my loneliness, I'm looking everywhere in nature. For new forms, old forms and new places, the plains of an antique mouth, let's say, among the leaves, I know and do not know what I am searching for. Remember those months in the studio together? You up to your strong forearms and wet clay, I trying to make something of the strange impressions assailing me, the Japanese flowers and the birds on silk, the drunks sheltering in the Louvre, the river light, those faces. Did we know exactly why we were there? Paris unnerved you. You found it too much. Yet you went on with your work. And later we met there again, both married then. And I thought you and Rauch both seemed unnerved. I felt a kind of joylessness between you. Of course, he and I have had our difficulties. Maybe I was jealous of him to begin with, taking you from me. Maybe I married Otto to fill up my loneliness for you. Rainer knows, of course. Knows more than Otto knows. He believes in women. But he feeds on us, like all of them. His whole life, his art is protected by women. Which of us could say that? Which of us, Clara, hasn't had to take that leap beyond our being women to save our own work? Or is it to save ourselves? Marriage is lonelier than solitude. Do you know? I was dreaming I had died giving birth to the child. I couldn't paint or speak or even move. My child, I think, survived me. But what was funny in the dream was, Rainer had written my requiem, 
a long, beautiful poem calling me his friend. I was your friend. But in the dream, you didn't say a word. In the dream, his poem was like a letter to someone who has no right to be there, but must be treated gently like a guest who comes on the wrong day. Clara, why don't I dream of you? That photo of the two of us, I have it still. You and I looking hard into each other and my paintings behind us. How we used to work side by side. And how I've worked since then trying to create according to our plan that we'd bring against all odds our full power to every subject. Holding back nothing because we were women. Clara, our strength still lies in the things we used to talk about. How life and death take one another's hands. The struggle for truth. Our old pledge against guilt. And now I feel dawn and the coming day. I love waking in my studio, seeing my pictures come alive in the light. Sometimes I feel it is myself that kicks inside me. Myself I must give suck to. Love. I wish we could have done this for each other all our lives. But we can't. They say a pregnant woman dreams of her own death. But life and death take one another's hands. Clara, I feel so full of work, the life I see ahead, and love for you who of all people, however badly I say this, will hear all I say and cannot say. Ugh. Now that, she died at 31 years old. I don't need to say that. Now that's some heavy girl power friendship mode. Mm-hmm. And this next one kind of leans into, in my interpretation, obviously, um, of like those New Year's Eve parties that you have when you're in your mid to late 30s. And some people have kids and they've got, you know, like regular lives and whatnot. This one is called Friends Through at New Year's. And I'm going to oh, be horrible with this last name, but it's August Kleinzaler. Kleinzaler? Either way, let's get to rolling. The old year's calendars flutter down in the mist. Countless sheets of dated memoranda, escorting them like pilot fish to the street below. As friends pass through, alone and with kids, the one down from Juno, headed south to Belize for the diving, and the clan from Vancouver, two little girls now, and a grub stake to buy a boat with, sail the islands off of Crete. Turkey, maybe. Just way the hell away from house painting and rain. We watch cartoons as front after front sweeps through. Worse than Vancouver. This is worse than Vancouver, she says. But they all go to the carousel in the park anyhow, and catch cold, because the big one remembers from last time. The other friend is drinking, talking about the woman back up in Sitka, how the last letter was strange, and her youngest boy, Tom, the way the two of them got along. When old friends speak of the past, after the years apart. Lives so different. How well they seem to know us still. After such a long time. Better than our families, our lovers. So much of ourselves that we had forgotten. Alive in them still. Whose children fall asleep in our arms. All of these, like, get me in the feels every time. Oh, God. I don't know if I've got the bandwidth to read this last one or not. Not that it's like super heavy or anything. It's just longer and has more of those difficult words. I also talk for a living and my voice is tired. But as long as you won't judge me too hard, I can try it. By Ralph Waldo Emerson. It just says, from friendship. All right. 
This one's kind of neat. It talks about their understanding of friendship. So let's give it a whirl. The moment we indulge our affections, the earth is metamorphosized. There is no winter and no night. All tragedies, all ennuis vanish, all duties even. Nothing fills the preceding eternity, but the forms all radiant of beloved persons. Let the soul be assured that somewhere in the universe, it should rejoin its friend, and it would be content and cheerful alone for a thousand years. I awoke this morning with devout thanksgiving for my friends, the old and the new. My friends have come to me unsought. The great God gave them to me by oldest right, by the divine affinity of virtue with itself. I find them, or rather, not I, but the deity in me and in them derides and cancels the thick walls of individual character, relation, age, sex, circumstance, at which he usually connives, and now makes many. One, high thanks I owe you, excellent lovers, who carry out the world for me to new and noble depths, and enlarge the meaning of all my thoughts. I do not wish to treat friendship daintily, but with roughest courage. When they are real, they are not glass threads or frostwork, but the solidest thing we know. For now, after so many ages of experience, what do we know of nature or of ourselves? Not one step has man taken toward the solution of the problem of his destiny. In one condemnation of folly stand the whole universe of men. But the sweet sincerity of joy and peace, which I draw from this alliance with my brother's soul, is the nut itself, whereof all nature and all thought is but the husk and shell. Happy is the house that shelters a friend. There are two elements that go to the composition of friendship, each so sovereign that I can detect no superiority in either. No reason why either should be first named. One is truth. A friend is a person with whom I may be sincere. The other element of friendship is tenderness. We are holden to men of every sort of tie, by blood, by pride, by fear, by hope, by lucker, by lust, by hate, by admiration, by every circumstance and badge and trifle. But we can scarce believe that so much character can subsist in another as to draw us by love. Can another be so blessed and we so pure that we can offer him tenderness? When a man becomes dear to me, I have touched the goal of fortune. Oh, these were fun and good. And I hope that they were something interesting for you. Thank you again for your time and your attention and for being the glowing orbs of love that you are, my tender friends. I want you all to take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Make this an extraordinary week. And the both of us will be back together again soon to be all up in your ears. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. <laughs> oh, mamma jamma. All right. You can always find us. Um, we've got an email address, an Instagram that I'm very bad at. Uh, we're also up on Patreon if you'd like to check that out. Uh, Jacob does a really great job of putting all this stuff like down in the show notes and stuff. And can look back an episode prior and find it there. All right. Our beautiful artwork is always done by the generous, talented, oh, so amazing, Jennifer Bate, everybody. Hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh. All right. But most importantly, I wonder if I can do this.
please know that you are loved. And you are worth being loved. We love you. <laughs> I thought I was so clever in doing that. We love you. Goodbye. Uh, that's how I end it. <laughs>